like seeing new Pokemon in the Legends of Arceus trailer and being reminded of the Godfather, so are the games of our lives. Look how they massacred my boy. And these are the games of our lives. Super Mario and Pokemon and all the games that took us to another place and made us wanna keep playing all night. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Games of Our Lives podcast. My name is Bill, accompanied, as always, by the wonderful, fantastic Tony. Hey. Happy 2022. You sound super chipper today. Why don't you tell the folks what we'll be talking about today? Today's the day, guys. Today is the day we talk about Sword and Shield. Folks, we have alluded to Pokemon Generation 8 a handful of times during the several episodes of this show that have already been launched. And uh, we felt with uh, the Legends Arceus leaks that came out over the last couple of days, today is the day where we just, we bury the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where what else to say other than this is what's going to have to happen. It's Listen, we don't love that it's happening, but sometimes you got to talk smack about the things you love in order to to get them to say something do something good in the future i was just thinking that yeah it's, it's only the one the the ones that you really care about that you can be the most honest with right well you should be honest all the time but if someone in public that you've never seen before is wearing like an ugly dress you're not going to walk up and say it right but you'll tell your mom like all day right you know <laughs> exactly exactly you know what it's 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 one of those episodes why don't we why don't we just get right into it? First we're going to start with the iTunes review of the week by the way. Just a thank you to the five-star review left by Chelsea 91. She said, quote, "I love hearing about the games that I also played as a kid that formed who I am today. A great video game podcast to relax to and go on a fantastic nostalgia trip. The hosts are very warm, witty, and knowledgeable. 10 out of 10." Thank you Chelsea 91. Wow, thanks so much. That's a lot of a lot of lying, but thank you very much. Listen, if you'd like for us to read out your comment, if you go to iTunes, rate us five stars and leave a review, you could be the iTunes comment of the week. Dude, how many things of the week do we have now? Like eight? Uh, well, we can count at the end of the episode because we're going to jump into number two. We're going to talk about the news of the week. <laughs> we're going to start off with the non-Pokemon news first, and then we'll jump into the uh, the Pokemon shenaniganry. Let's let's start with Microsoft. Big news from Microsoft this week. They had a $70 billion acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard this week. So Microsoft now owns Activision Blizzard, which is a pretty pretty big deal. Activision is one of the uh, biggest studios out there, and now they're they're owned by Big Mike. <laughs> big Mike. Big, big Mike. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that means that some Activision Blizzard games come to Game Pass. Um, I know there's like a whole bunch of people upset at Activision for being a sh- very poorly run company and blah, 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 blah. Listen, good games are good games and they have a lot of them. So hopefully they come to Game Pass. It's a weird one because, you know, they're, they don't seem like a good company, but Nikes don't seem like a good company, but I still wear them kind of thing. So I kind of see where you're coming from with they've made good games, but also... I'm not a huge fan of, of their games anyway, so this is really uh, more of a wag of the finger at Microsoft for making a stupid purchase, I think. But for the people <laughs> that like those games, I've said it. I mean, they bought Call of Duty. Yeah, that's 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 a wag of the finger. <laughs> that's Fair. a shit game. That's a bad game. <laughs> but it is a valuable franchise. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess, like... Like, I don't like Call of Duty either, but it's a valuable franchise. And I've, listen, I feel like growing up, we've all had our uh, our fair shares of spending some time with Call of Duty. Unless I'm speaking for myself only. Just you. Definitely just you. Because there, there's definitely a couple of games where I've uh, played to prestige, but uh, it's been over a decade since. Hey, that's just the news and I'm reading it. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> We're done with the non-Nintendo news. Now we'll just jump into Nintendo stuff. Obviously, Banjo-Kazooie is coming to the Nintendo Switch online. Uh, I, I think it might already be online by the time that you guys hear this. 
Listen, who doesn't love Banjo-Kazooie? Haters, that's who. And it's coming to Switch, so if you overpaid for Switch Online, consolation, baby. <laughs> the uh, the tempo uh, of this episode is only going to get worse. I just want to throw that out there for everybody right now. So if if you're not liking any any tones or any, any words... <laughs> You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go right now, cause uh, it's all bad, baby. It's all bad today. Wait, no, banjo's a good thing. All right, banjo's the saving grace of the episode. And this one might actually be good too, depending on if you're a fan of this franchise. But uh, Kingdom Hearts is coming to the Switch in February. They put a release date out for February 10th, 21. I think it's like a Kingdom Hearts collection, so it's gonna be a handful of the games. People like Kingdom Hearts, and it's. It's kind of cool that it's coming to the Switch. I never had Kingdom Hearts on a Nintendo console, so it's kind of a big deal. I like it. It's pretty cool. I bought the PS4 versions of the, I think, the story so far, and then Kingdom Hearts something else, 3 or something, and I was like, oh, these games were like $15 each for a collection of every Kingdom Hearts game or 20 bucks or whatever, and yeah, that's mm-hmm. on my list to play. We got to talk about later on, too, the, the list of games that I've played and, and need to play. We got to update everyone, but that's that's in a later <laughs> segment. We, we could do that towards the uh, the tip of the hat, wag of the finger, and what have you been playing segment. Yeah, I think, yeah, what have we been playing segment sounds pretty uh, <laughs> pretty good for that. Alright, next story is Niantic disabled Pokemon trading in Pokemon Go, a game about Pokemon collecting, trading, and battling. Tony, what's going on? <laughs> well, some kid got lucky. <laughs> a couple kids, actually. They had a... Uh... They were lucky friends, and they traded, well, a hundred times, and every Pokemon was lucky because the, the lucky status never went away. Niantic caught wind, and they said, oh, we gotta we got to stop trading for everybody now in this entire game because of this one thing. So, I'm happy for those guys. That's awesome. And, uh, or girls, I don't know, whoever did that. Yeah, Niantic doesn't seem like they know how to run a game very well. They just put the money in their pockets and release one pokemon a year and everyone loves the game yeah that sounds pretty good uh just a heads up what is a lucky what are lucky pokemon and what do lucky trades do and why is it so wild that that a kid got a hundred of them well lucky basically you have uh anytime you trade with someone just a regular trade it has a uh, the pokemon being traded both have a chance of becoming lucky pokemon and when they're lucky they have uh like a lucky status just like a a shiny wood they have like a background it says lucky pokemon it has like a nice little uh orange like yellowish color behind it and uh basically it costs less stardust to power them up which is really good you know or if you want to um and they also are minimum uh 66% IVs so they're all gonna be at least I think it's 10 or 11 out of 15 i think 10 out of 15 so the mm-hmm. it's going to be cheaper to power them up and they're also going to get to you know uh higher overall cp so sometimes people when they become basically you could just trade and hope for a lucky trade but once you become best friends with somebody um you have a chance every time you have an interaction with them you know once a day either opening a gift doing a raid with them trading with them um when that friendship would go up since it can't go up anymore you're just rolling the dice basically on becoming lucky friends and then your next trade will become lucky so it's really good to swap you know legendary pokemon or you know shinies that you don't have and because now you have a chance of a better chance of it being a hundred percent so you could have a shundo you could swap a pokemon that could get really high cp and, and the ivs are going to be really good most of the and, time and so. a sh- sorry to interrupt but a, a shundo is a shiny 100 percent iv pokemon that's correct Dang, we got nicknames for everything over here in the the Pokemon Go universe. Oh, they sure do. They sure do, and uh, it's a, it's a very nice thing to get lucky lucky status with someone or get a lucky Pokemon. So the fact that that kid was able to do that, those two people, it's uh, yeah, really really cool. Now I, I imagine they'll just patch the game and then uh, reenact like re-enable trading soon, right? I, I think so. That seems to be what's going to happen once they figure out the, the technical stuff, what caused it, and, and how to prevent it from happening. Man, Pokemon's just having a rough week. Because <laughs> the next thing we're talking about is 
the upcoming Pokemon Legends Arceus, which a lot of the Pokemon who are going to be in the game, who are new to the game franchise, uh, leaked the last couple of days. Now, mild spoiler alert here, we will be talking about some of the designs for some of the leaked Pokemon. We're not going to really be talking much about the gameplay, but that's not what's important here. What's important here is that some of these Pokemon have a special place in hell, and <laughs> Tony... To tell the tell the people what's going on here. I'm just shaking my head looking at them. They're in front of me right <laughs> now, and it's uh, the 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 best possible way I could say it is uh, they are forcing us to incorporate newer Pokemon or old Pokemon, but new forms from a new region. I couldn't be any more against it. I don't think. In I want to put a little, a little asterisk next to it because I think when Pokemon get new forms and their types change and then you have to adapt to it. I mean, it's like a new, I don't know, when a new game comes out and, you know, not every Pokemon is very competitive if you're playing at the, you know, highest level. So you don't have to memorize all of them. But with these Pokemon, or if you play randoms, like, they're going to get thrown in the mix, and these are new Pokemon that, if I liked the Pokemon, maybe it would be something, but I literally hate all of them, and I don't want them to exist, so now the fact that not only do they exist, but they're going to ingratiate their way into everyday Pokemon stuff, and they're going to exist forever, is just so bad to me like that's i'm getting ahead of myself but like maybe we should just talk about the characters or like the, the the pokemon sprites because like these don't even look like pokemon to me this this is just whatever whatever this hisuian region is whatever this is like these pokemon just they didn't capture the vibe at all of of just making like oh these are the first known pokemon or you know in a time before all pokemon were known or whatever 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 the lore is like, right it, it, it they're just they look like they're trying to be almost like futuristic kind of like they're a little more blocky but they're also just like they're more, weird yeah they're just so weird they're like it's like not pokemon at all and i I do want to say, and I'm sorry I'm babbling, I do want to say that Pokemon seems to be able to get away with stuff. Like, in six months or a year after this game's release, I'm sure we'll all know all these Pokemon's forms, typings, and, and just be, like, completely used to it. Like, yep, these are Pokemon, but, like, looking at them right now, I just have a hard time thinking it's going to go that way. Like, I, I, I'm sure the game will be fine, maybe. that right, I'm not sure at all. And, like, most of the time, most of the time, not in today's episode, but most of the time, they do a good job with whatever they do. And I think this won't be an awful game. But now that I'm seeing some of this stuff, I'm, I'm thinking it, it just might be. And I'm so against the fact that these Pokemon are just going to have a place in the Pokedex forever. Like, this is shit. <laughs> Straight up. I wonder... I do wonder what the... what Gen 9, for example. When Gen 9 comes out uh, in a year or two, as, as one does. Uh, how inclusive will Hisuian Pokemon be? to this or is legends arceus and like the pokemon legends franchise looking to kind of replace the the biannual pokemon main title games hmm. it, it's real it's really going to be interesting to see what direction they take that in that being said with we have a list of about 28 pokemon that were leaked here and i'll say 25 out of the 28 are just godless abominations. <laughs> uh, there's a couple that I that I'm okay with, but for the most part, these are just, just, just rough. the The starter Pokemon in this game, by the way, are Rowlet, Cyndaquil, and Oshawott, and they have new final forms. So they're still Decidueye, Typhlosion, and Samurott. However, they have new looks. And when I when I tell you, the Sands of Time have not been kind to Typhlosion. 
Typhlosion in Generation 2, when he first came out, his sprite work was like an angry, badass Typhlosion with like fire all around him, and he looked really cool. With each passing iteration of this Pokemon, he has less fire, he is more calm, and this newest Hisuian Typhlosion, which is a fire ghost type, is the saddest form of Typhlosion I maybe have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Just absolutely brutal. I do think uh, Hisuian Samurott's an upgrade, although Samurott is just a pretty hideous Pokemon, even at base. So the bar was so low that impossible to clear. <laughs> uh, Tony, what is your least favorite new Pokemon form slash new Pokemon on this list? Wow, that is so hard. That is very, very hard because I hate them all. <laughs> Maybe Typhlosion's up there. Typhlosion's definitely up there. And I want to say Sneasler is uh, probably the one that really does it for me. The one that makes me look at it and, and just feel anger in, inside of me. What's Sneasler? Sneasler looks to be a, a new evolved form of Sneasel, which has its own Hisuian form. Sneasler, for those who don't know... Looks like a lanky Dr. Seuss character, and I just hate everything about its being. It is one of the worst-looking Pokemon ever. All right, so a couple of years back, there was a game called Mario Maker, and there was a tall Mario sprite that just looked like an abomination that <laughs> God had long forgotten. Think about Nintendo doing that to Sneasel, just longer arms, longer legs, but still a weird tiny head and a long torso. It is a nightmare scenario, and nobody should be forced to look at it. My least favorite has to be the new evolution of Quillfish. Uh, Hisuian Quillfish has an evolution called Overquill, which looks like a bad Nintendo 64 Kirby uh, needle ability. It is just... There's a such thing as too many needles... And this is it. It is literally a sphere with a tiny little face and just too many needles. Uh, just just a rough scenario, man. Just yikes. Also, they turned Palkia into a horse, and that's unforgivable. <laughs> they put in parentheses next to the name, like, the new form is called the Lord Form. But I'm pretty sure it's just, like... Someone passing out seeing the Pokemon. Like, Palkia, oh lord. <laughs> just like falling down. Someone caught the it. vapors looking at that Palkia. <laughs> Alright, so. Let me say this real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Pokemon aren't bad. Like you said, 25 out of 28 are bad. But the ones that aren't bad are, are just, like, redundant. In, like just unnecessary i want to say like even if they aren't awful it was like the ones i think aren't awful are samurai but i think samurai's cool and i think it was cool to begin with so i don't think changing him at all like that didn't really that didn't need to happen i think the zarua is cool but it was already cool if anything it's a little bit worse but it's still fine i actually like normal ghost the typing is fun it's yeah that's a really weird one that's a uh, very very weird yeah, we've never had that before. That's insane. And I want to say Braviary, too. Doesn't look awful, but it looks pretty bad, and it does not... It, 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 this is so upsetting. I don't know what's going on on its head, but... Yeah, I, it's like Marge Simpson. <laughs> it does look like Marge. <laughs> looks like a bird with Marge Simpson's hair. Come here, trainer. I'll fly you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, homie. <laughs> <laughs> So, if I had to pick one Pokemon that I think is the least offensive to me, the least offensive, I would say it might be uh, it, one that hasn't been revealed yet, by the way, like one of the newer new reveals. I don't hate Hisuian Avalug. I think a Rock Ice Avalug, I mean, he looks basically the same as Original View, but with like some dirt. <laughs> I think it's fine. I, I don't hate it. I hate it. Tony, what about you? Which, I don't make me pick out of these, please. <laughs> what, which one do you like the most? You have to pick one that you like the most. <sighs> wow. This is... 
a horrendous question. I guess the Samurai. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna take the easy way out because it didn't. It changed right. the least, I think, so it's the safest. But they gave him a color like he went from having a white shell on his head to having like a black and red shell on his head. I'm okay with that. I think uh, that's fine. Yeah. I. Th- oh my god. This is a couple. Maybe uh, the only upgrade. Maybe. Yeah. That's probably safe to say. Probably the only upgrade. And in some honorable mentions. Um of other things that I hate would be Cleavor. Cleavor <laughs> The evolved is... form of Scyther. That, when you just told me that earlier, that is awful. <laughs> that is just, that's forever now, Pokemon fans. There is always going to be a new Scyther form called Cleavor. Cleavor. And it has two shovels for hands. Or... I think they're supposed to be like cleavers, like axes. Like cleavage? Yes. The cleavage Pokemon. The it, but it does. They look like shovels. But I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. They're sure. They're it, they're they're. This cleavies. does take place in like six hundred thousand BC. That that dude does look pretty prehistoric. I'm not gonna lie. It doesn't even look like a Pokemon. None of these look like Pokemon to me. This is. This is not it's Pokemon. It's just not. It's not. Pokemon Pokemon's gone down a real weird 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 path with this one and I don't know man. Game comes out in a week, are you going to get it? No. No way. Maybe That's fair. All, right, me, all right, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> we can Listen, we can both get the game, which is just adding to the problem, and then we can complain about it on a podcast in the future. I would love that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So shall it be done. I would love that. Dude, Hisuian Arcanine. It looks like a, a, a someone that forgot to shave. Like a, a, a convict. Like an angry They're... convict wearing like a, a little penguin body around its neck. And then it also has like a dog body behind the penguin body. The problem... You know what the problem is that I have with all of these Pokemon? Yeah. They all look like... They came from some like random kids deviant art page, and <laughs> I think that's the worst thing you could say about them. Yeah, I agree. I guess, I guess Sligu and uh, Gudra barely look any different at all. So yeah, now they're just that. squirrels with tails. They're dragon squirrels. Slig uh, Gudra literally looks like a squirrel. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Also, Dialga is a horse now, too. So, Palkia and Dialga are both O-Lord form. Oh, Lord. Uh, and may lo- God have mercy on all of our souls for having b- borne witness to this. I can't believe this is happening. This, is, this might be... <laughs> this might be... Very small chance could be absolutely incredible... It could be completely game-changing and go, wow, they really nailed it. But more likely, this could be the death of Pokemon as we know it. That's very true, because if if they... And I could totally see Game Freak doing this is kind of skirting gener- like new generations for a couple of years and doing these Pokemon Legends franchise. And if they do like a Pokemon Legend for each location that's a lot of legend games to do you know pokemon legends uh, lugia or ho coming out in 2024 can't wait small chance that they realize this is a hiccup and they don't come back to it for a while but most likely it is going to be a new thing like you said and i kind of dread it but maybe they'll do something good but the path that they're on right now it's you know my entire Scary. life they've done so much good so it's hard to you know go against them but then you see gen 8 and you're like all right they did something very bad and you're like all right but it's pokemon and now you see this and you're like ah, i don't have a good feeling about it and that's i'm just not very optimistic about anything they're releasing right now and it's hard to hard to defend them after the last few years so i don't know man i don't know why don't we move on to the creme de la creme? The, yeah, let's talk about something good. Let's talk about the greatest tragedy known to man, and that is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Came out in November 2019 on the Nintendo Switch. 
It's generation eight, baby. Tony and I, so this game might actually have been the inspiration for the Games of Our Lives podcast, <laughs> uh, just as a, uh, a preface here. So the game came out in 2019, and I was living in California at the time, and Tony and I really hadn't, you know, we, we used to be really good friends back in the day. We'd hang out all the time uh, before I moved out of Connecticut, and you know, when you're far away, you don't really talk that much, blah, blah, blah. But we started talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield. And we went on like a three-hour tirade about just literally just complaining about the game to each other. And <laughs> we're like, man, we got to have these talks about video games more often. And here we are a couple years later with now 18 episodes under our belts. The boys are here finally talking about basically what started it all pokemon sword and shield wow i forgot about that yeah we talked for a very long time and really just sat there and had a a poop throwing contest with with that picture that game's picture on the wall yeah and honestly they're it's rightfully so i mean generation eight is a Pokemon game, traditional Pokemon game, where you play as a new trainer who goes on a journey to collect the eight regional gym badges from the eight of the strongest trainers in the region, and it culminates in a battle in the Elite Four at the end. Is it, there's an Elite Four in this one, right? I forgot. I forgot everything about this game. You battle the Elite Four, become the champion. During that adventure, there's usually one or two groups of ne'er-do-wells who often cause issues with your journey, be it blocking paths, uh, trying to be villains and catch Pokemon to uh, ruin the world, and they always, almost always culminate with, I have to summon the regional legendary in order to <laughs> basically hard reset the world, and here you are, an 11-year-old boy going, yeah, okay, like, bet... And you just, like, catch that Pokemon in front of them, and they're like, wow, it's a shame I gave you that Master Ball to do that. <laughs> Rough stuff, me. I guess, sorry, no harm done. Uh, we're good. Go on and beat the Elite Four, kid. I'm rooting for you. This is about as paint-by-numbers as you could possibly get with a Pokemon game. Wow, you nailed it. You nailed it. 100% that is the best description of a Pokemon game I've ever heard. So this game did introduce a couple of new things. This game, uh, the biggest change would be the wild area, which is a large open area that you can access from multiple areas in the game. And you can basically catch a whole bunch of wild Pokemon. It, it's just, it's just it, honestly, it is a cool idea. It's a cool idea. I don't think... It is one central area that you have access to, and it's basically open to you right at the beginning of the game. And it's... I'm not going to say it's good, because it it basically is just one large path. And there's not a whole bunch of nooks and crannies to explore, really. It's definitely interesting. Now, what are your thoughts, Tony, on the main game's wild area? I think it's a fine idea. I don't think it's a great idea. I think it's just something for the game to have. You know what I mean? Because, not for nothing, but we've had seven generations before. None of them have had a wild area, but there's never really been an issue with finding and collecting Pokemon. I think the biggest issue with Gen 8 is now we have close to 900 Pokemon, and we want to push really only the Gen 8 Pokemon in the town-to-town regions so where can we dump everything else Hmm. and it almost just feels like a forgotten dumping ground it's a good point it's a a very good way to look at that and and, and again when you have a game with 900 pokemon that's understandable right like jesus like we have a lot of things to do and game freak was kind of set up to fail with this generation because it's pokemon is in a state right now where it's damned if you do damned if you don't And the expectation going into this game, just because precedent has been set by every previous generation, basically, is that 
with Generation 8, you should be able to catch and access all 900 Pokemon in the games. For the base game, you get about 80% of the Pokemon, maybe 75% of the Pokemon, which is a lot, but it's not all of them, and the only way to get all of them is to purchase uh, two DLC packs. I think they're 30 bucks a pop, or maybe 20 bucks a pop, plus, or you could buy them both for $30, something like that. So you have a paywall that the rest of the Pokemon are behind. So in order to access the game, and if you pay retail price, you're paying $90 for all of the Pokemon, which is, uh, that's a lot of money to swing. My head is spinning right now of all the different things that make me mad about this game and the decisions <laughs> that they made. Um, I'm not sure about this because I didn't purchase them because it is against my principles to promote something like that. But I still don't think every Pokemon is accessible in the game. As far as I'm aware, there are a handful of Pokemon, it seems from Gen 7. Wow, actually, holy smokes. There's a lot, right? There in the base game, there's a lot missing. In the base game, there's only like 400 Pokemon, I think, out of the 900. Right, and I think, wow, even after the DLC expansions, there's 230 Pokemon still missing from the Galar region. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> it, it's about 20 to 25 Pokemon from each generation that are missing, including most of the starter Pokemon. Wow, I did not realize that. That's kind of kind of wild. How bad is that? This makes me angrier, actually. So they didn't even follow precedent, and you can't even access all of the Pokemon with the DLC. And Sword and Shield, since there are two games, Pokemon's always done this from day one. Uh, not every Pokemon is available in with, like within those games in a single game. So you need to either have a second copy of the game or a friend with a copy of the opposite version in order to access the version-exclusive Pokemon. And, wow. Dang, Gen 8. That really... I, I thought you were better than this. No, you didn't. No, you didn't think that. No one thinks that. Listen, I didn't even realize they left out one of my favorite Pokemon, Ampharos. And now I'm just depressed. I Dude, think I Ampharos just have... is my favorite Pokemon. I have clinical depression now because of Pokemon Sword and Shield. The fact that they're missing a whole swath of Pokemon, where there's so many Pokemon. Pokemon Sword and Shield also has a very paint-by-numbers story, and I think that kind of hurts the story overall. Tony, what what is the path to becoming a champion? Like, how, how does the story unfold? Why don't you tell us? Oh, God. Well, well, before I answer that, I do just want to touch on what you just said. Um, yep. I think it's a, a very important thing to note that, well, you said that it Pokemon was in a, a state of being damned if they did, damned if they didn't kind of thing, but I got to say, I, I don't think that's true because they, they did everything wrong. Like, there's just, it's, one, this game cut corners, uh, and it's written... On every page, you can you can just sit like see it everywhere, like the corner cutting. I think one thing I didn't like, not a huge deal, but definitely gives you a sense of the game's direction and, and maybe how much effort they put into it. Besides the wild area being like, yep, here's not Gen Eight Pokemon. Here's like a mess of everything else we want you to have. I think them just porting the Pokemon character sprites from. I think the last game was like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire they ported them from. Just not creating new sprites for the game. That is such a, a half-assed bad job to like unprofessional just like not good. And I and if you're going to say, well, there's so many Pokemon, we can't possibly do it for all of them. You didn't even include all of them in the game. So you didn't have to make all of them new and it's that's an awful argument because how are you not going to include every pokemon in the game even not right. wild but just being able to trade or transfer up from older generations like you have to especially for a switch game i've seen games that have 
unbelievable amount. I mean, when you put GTA in, you gotta wait five minutes for the game to load. Like, there's <laughs> right. your Nintendo. You have Pokemon's the number one media franchise of all time. You have the means to make it possible. Why are you cutting corners? What is the what is the the goal of that? What are you gaining from cutting any corners and not including every Pokemon? And then also creating the expansion pack in already a half-assed game and saying, okay, well, this is a good way to answer your question now about the story because the, the, the story is the by far, by, by a country mile, Bill. A country the, mile. The worst story ever it's it's nothing it's the the rivals are nothing even it's even literally nothing that's the best way to describe this story it's just a whole bunch of nothing happening it, it, it's nothing there's not there I, I can't believe how little i was invested in i bought it friday night i beat it sunday morning and i was like i literally did nothing this whole time i went to the gym then the there was no emotional investment in the story of what was happening your your rival did the same pose as the rival from the previous gen it was just like they didn't put any effort in anything the the bad guys were just absolute morons just like and not even like purposeful morons that they've always been just like a complete lack of effort lack of like everything it felt like a baby game to the worst extent of it and in the story was not go to all the gyms beat the the gym leaders and then at the end oh you got to go back to them and beat them or something and it's still easy and you beat the elite four and it's easy and it's easy and you're just like everything that was the easiest thing i've ever done and i felt like i didn't do anything and the only saving grace about all of that is that the competitive battles afterwards after you beat the game going online and being able to play against other people and uh right. EV train and iv train and do all that stuff that they did a pretty good job with and i think for competitive players there is a lot to to be enjoyed there and it's very accessible now there are things that are very very easily accessible like accessing your pokemon storage box from anywhere in the game and just different things like that i think they made a lot of things like that good but that does not compensate for the parts of the game that really matter and it's not the accessibility of like things like that it's really about enjoying a, a good game and it's an awful game awful awful game this is what i'll say and this is what i told tony the, uh, two years ago i think the game uh, so tony and i play pokemon a little bit differently tony's always played on a more uh with a more competitive mindset and i've always kind of played to enjoy the story and kind of just like explore and everything like that and it, pokemon's done a good job of kind of creating creating an experience that caters to several different play types and you got to give nintendo credit there or uh, game freak credit there sorry i really can't credit nintendo with a lot of this it's like this is all game freaks doing uh i've over the last year and a half almost completely separated pokemon from nintendo uh mentally uh because nintendo actually cares about their products and that's evident in a lot of the games that they put out pokemon on the other hand have one of the criminally smallest uh development teams in video games right now game freak is an understaffed undersight like they just refuse to hire more people and for the, being the largest media franchise in the world it's absolutely insane that they don't have more people on staff working on games now that being said i think the 60 dollars experience playing the main story from start to finish where you you battle the literal copy paste of how from gen 7 and face off against just like a rich guy who wants to summon a, a, a Pokemon that, I don't know, to make more energy or something like that. It's, it's not really well laid out. You go through and you fight. You're right. There's like very little emotional investment. There's almost no problems. The rival team is literally just like a bunch of people who are fans of one of the trainers. And they're just kind of pains in the ass and stupid. You're right. Like, they are just dumb. <laughs> and when it's all said and done, you're kind of left like a, with a ho-hum experience. I will say the DLC packages... Okay, there's the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. 
where you're exploring these two basically just gigantic wild areas. Now, the one thing I will say about the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra that I think they got right is the wild area experience. This is something that should have been how the game is played. I think if you made a game that is basically all wild area and in different parts of the wild area exist different towns and the gyms are scattered sporadically and the gyms instead of having to go from like gym to gym and there's like a very set very linear path with set levels i think there should be like you know eight possible combinations that these gyms have and you can get them in any order and sort of like have a, a true open world experience that way uh will never happen but the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra have like a very basic story where you you end up like with a kind of unique new legendary and explore this giant wild area where there's a lot of Pokemon. I think they did an okay job there. I think this is a terrible $60 experience. I think it's a solid $90 experience. But the fact that you have to pay $90 to even get a solid experience is an absolute embarrassment for Pokemon. Yep, couldn't agree more. In in this whole episode, I thought I'd be angrier, but I really am just kind of calm because it, it's it's just a a, a pure sad. sadness. Yeah, it's just a, dis- a a true disappointment in uh in in how much potential and how good they are and how much we really love them and, and take them into our homes and you know we we're just Pokemon fans like the the truest possible fans i feel like that you could be i mean nice not we like bill and i i mean we like all of us all all pokemon fans you know and we just have to just see this and experience this and the 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 business decision i mean look at look at gold and silver you know what i mean that that is a, a heart gold soul silver we can you know if you want to talk remakes if you don't we could just say gold and silver you could, you could say a bunch of different any gen, pick them, you know, throw them in a hat and pick one out. Look at the experience you're getting from those games. Look at the story you're getting from Black and White. Look at the the places you're visiting in in Gen Three, you know, and like just all, just the the feelings you're getting and, and the emotions connected and, and just the exploration and in Gold and Silver throwing in Kanto after and you have to go. It's just like they kid definitely make a good game they know how and and they've given us that and then to make this shitty shitty game to to throw it out and be like this is the game and they're like oh okay all the stuff that should already be in the game and way more stuff should be in the game i think um just for the $60 purchase, they're just like, we'll give you some more stuff for $30 or whatever it was and it's like that that just got I didn't buy them I'll, I'll never buy them I'll never play them I don't care I I couldn't be more upset with that I think that was one of the the cheapest uh, scummiest moves that that Game Freak or whoever Pokemon company uh, whoever's in charge has decided to do um, because I think they're taking just complete advantage of their fans doing something like that and knowing that everyone's gonna going to buy it they're all going to give them money because they like pokemon so much and the fans deserve more than that you know they're such pure fans i completely agree with what you're saying and it's it's almost a shame that there's you know 25 years later almost 30 years later now there really isn't a rival to pokemon and pokemon's been able to basically sit on their laurels and not do things to to really make the franchise uh, it, a truly powerful experience like it used to be and it it hurts being a fan being you know who's been there since the beginning you know I remember growing up and I would literally here here's the here's a sentence from 1998 I would put a uh, a tape a VHS tape in to record what happened on uh, Pokemon on a Saturday morning if uh, we ever had to go out in the morning and I'd come back and watch Pokemon every single week. And it's it just, it just feels like there's like a lack of love. And I don't know what people can say or do to, 
to kind of get them to correct ship at this point. Yeah, it's not even a fact that the games are so easy. I don't even need to talk about how easy they are because I think a lot of people bash them for that. It's okay if they're easy, like, but it's everything else on top of it. It's not like, all right, we, we don't know what to do. We want to cater to a younger audience, but look how good the competitive at the end of the game is. It's like, right, like that kind of connects both sides, the younger audience, the older fans, like play it how you want. But but for the fans that don't enjoy the competitive too much that have loved it for as long as we have, like you got to give them something. You got to give them a good story and, and just make uh, a fun playthrough of a game. This is... Yeah, it, it really is just a shame. It makes me so sad. That like really the the only word to describe where where Pokemon State is right now is sad. And even you can even look at like the Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes that came out late last year, and you know that it was such a half-assed job that was done for those games. You know, and the worst part the worst part about Pokemon is right now is that I will still shell out $60 once a year and put in 100 hours into a game that I hate? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It, maybe it's just me clinging on to my childhood. Maybe it's something like that, but you just can't shake them because it's Pokemon. Uh, although I think it's getting easier and easier to shake them. Yeah, agreed. Did not touch, did not touch Pokemon Unite. I really just am not, I'm just bored at this point with Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Arceus has me more timid about a Pokemon purchase than ever before. Yeah, I completely agree. I didn't even, you know, I you know I have every main series game complete in box, and I didn't even buy the Gen 4 remakes. I don't really, I, if I get them, if someone says I'll give these to you for $5, I'll be like, all right, obviously that's not going to happen. But that right. it just kind of shows my point of how little I'm willing to to spend money on that. I think that was a bad decision um, for those games to be made. And like you said, you're already done with them. It's like everything they're doing right now is just so sad. And I think it's it's like anything that you love that you, you just keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. And you keep going back and you keep just giving them another chance or being like, all right, well, they did this, but this is good or... This is bad, but this is good. And right now, it just... And there are things that I saw in X and Y. I was like, all right, this is pretty easy. But this, the, the setting was really nice. The the Pokemon were cool. Mega Evolution was really cool. And then it's like Gen 8... Or Gen 7, rather, I'm sorry, was really good. What did I say? Gen 6? Gen 6 was Mega Evolution. 6 and X and Y. Let's literally just start the whole podcast over because I can't talk. I can't use words. <laughs> Generation 6, the games were called X and Y. <laughs> Don't edit that out, please. <laughs> I thought Mega Evolution was cool. I thought the game was very easy, a little corny, but it was a good game. Gen 7 was Sun and Moon. I thought the story was good. I thought the Pokemon were cool. The setting was absolutely amazing. I thought Gen 7 was so good. Everything was good. And out of nowhere, they just did... They decided to completely make everything shit. And I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, and it's still not awful because I could still go on Pokemon Showdown and play Gen 8 random doubles and be like, oh, yeah, this is fun. I like playing Pokemon. But, like, it's not – if it's it, it's if it's if not a competitive VGC or anything, it's just, like, the, the games themselves are bad. The money exploitation of the fans who, like, have their hearts, you know what I mean? Like, or they have right. their hearts. It's just, like, they're doing everything in such a uh, – it's, it's almost like evil what they're doing you know it's just like everything that pokemon isn't i don't know i know it's it's a, it's a business it's a company you want to make money but like come on now you got fans that really care about you yeah like hire literally, the people just hire more people like that's literally what it comes down to because everything is always you know we we don't have enough staff so we're gonna outsource pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl we don't have enough people on staff, so we're only going to have 600 Pokemon in Generation 8. And we don't have enough staff, so we're not actually going to make new character models for any of the new Pokemon outside of the literal brand new Pokemon. Anybody who's old, we're just going to reuse their Gen 7 models. It's, it's like, just spend the freaking money. You're the biggest damn company out there. What is the problem, boys? Like, 
like what what is the thought process here because they can do this rockstar like they could go the rockstar approach rockstar games when they come out they they take you know six to seven years between games but every time a new grand theft auto comes out it's becomes one of the greatest games of all time at that time you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like when grand theft auto 5 came out it was over like and grant like when skyrim came out it's all like it just becomes part of the zeitgeist like even with breath of the wild and there's a reason that they've been taking six years to do a breath of the wild sequel like pokemon has this awful compulsion to to come out with a new title once a year and it's it it has absolutely destroyed them yeah it's it's not a good way to to do that at some point you just have to make a a decision and look everyone in the eyes and go we want to do what's best for the games because we know that's why you love pokemon so much because it's a game and, and the games are good and right now we just once a year is is creating a very poor product and, and we don't want to give that to you guys so i'm sorry we're gonna have to take a step back for a little bit of course you're gonna make less money doing that but then you make a game that you know what's right. more important at the end of the day you know they're really showing their their morals with stuff like this and it it, i'm not sure about the company or anything like that but it it does seem from what you said i believe you that they're completely understaffed and i look at i've worked for you know probably over a dozen companies in my life already you know doing many different things and just seeing different you know going through different experiences doing different traits learning new things and and it's it's been somewhat enjoyable but like you know all the companies are all cheap you know it's all like all right as long as the business is making money the owners the higher it's all just capitalism and in and, and just the higher ups make the money when the the all the staff just does all the work and it's just it makes me shake my head constantly how little these companies care and it's so hard to believe that such a a beautiful creation like Pokemon could potentially also be like a company like that that's just like all right well yeah, we gotta just keep making it keep pushing it out you know every year because we got to keep making new games so people or they'll buy them they love pokemon like they love it they're gonna buy it no matter what they're gonna buy it we're gonna buy it no matter what 100 percent. every time like we've been complaining about arceus and guess what probably gonna buy it yeah exactly just to just because we have to because that's that's the feeling it's like we have to i i see those damn blue and yellow letters and i'm like well shit you got me there that's why I didn't buy the expansions. I just put my foot down and I said, no, enough is enough. Like, I'm not going to let them do this to me. And I, I know how much I love Pokemon, but I care about myself more. I care about my morals and, and my beliefs. And it's just bullshit for them to try to rob everybody. And everyone's getting robbed by them. And, and they're laughing while they're being robbed. They're handing the money to them. Yeah, take take the money for the expansion. Wow, not a big deal. It's just like, no, forget that. I'm not dealing with that. I'm literally, hey, this is the first time I've ever felt, like, literal anger on this podcast. And it's not misguided. It really isn't. I really don't even know what else to say. Just, it, I don't want to say, like, I'm completely disgusted, but it feels like it. Maybe there's another side to it, two sides of every story that we're not listening, but just from looking at what's in front of us it it seems like not very hard to surmise you know we're just right we're just taking what they're giving us and it's shit you know and if you guys have any opinions that you'd like to share be sure to follow us on instagram or on uh, twitter at games of our pod you know we upload these videos to youtube there's a comment section there and uh or you could reach out to us individually so you know we'd love to know what your thoughts are on pokemon sword and shield we we really don't even have to like break down individual characters and and stuff like that like we normally do it's i mean it, it really is just like pokemon's got to get better because yeah. they're going to lose fans a lot more quickly than i think they realize and it's 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 becoming it's becoming tough to to support them the same way that we've kind of almost blindly supported other nintendo franchises Agreed completely, and there's no other company I've blindly supported more than than them. And we didn't even talk about any of the new Pokemon in Gen Eight. We didn't, you know what I mean? That's like the Pokemon are it, and that's pretty 
lackluster too, right? What is it? Just like Dragapult and everything else is garbage? You know, it's like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's like the game is so bad and we didn't even talk about the, the biggest part of Pokemon and that is the Pokemon themselves. And honestly, I don't even think there's, there's much to be talked about with that. It's pretty subpar, you know, like par for the course with the game. And if you want to talk about it, we can about all of them, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't even matter why don't we just do this name one or two of your favorite pokemon from gen 8 and we'll go we'll move on we gotta end it on a positive note and of course when i play competitive and i play randoms and and these pokemon get tossed in the mix pokemon that i didn't like at all end up becoming pokemon that i'm you know a fan of later on because i get new experiences with them but you know i still I don't know, Pokemon I didn't like back in the day. I'm just like, oh, it's a stupid Pokemon. But later on, you're just like, oh, yeah, I got Vanellox. All right, I'll Aurora Veil with my, you know, hail up and be good. I'm just like, oh, okay, now all of a sudden I know this Pokemon. I kind of have some attachment to it. But, um, you know, maybe that'll happen with these. It has happened with some of them. Um, But just looking at them in front of me, uh, the only... If I could, how many you want? Three, five? Uh, three. Three is fine. Dragapult, Frostmoth, and Obstagoon. Okay. Uh, I, I actually, uh, those are three pretty solid ones. Uh, if I were to pick three myself, I would probably go uh, Corviknight, mm-hmm. which is a uh, steel flying bird. It looks like a big raven. Uh, pretty cool looking. I don't know why, but I've always been partial to uh, Appleton, which is a grass dragon Pokemon that literally looks like a baked apple pie. I just think it's silly, and it's that feels like a Pokemon to me. And I kind of like uh, Toxtricity as well, which is a uh, an electric poison type. I just like the the type combo. I think it's really strong. And, Solid uh, picks. And I like that he has two forms. He has a like an electric guitar form and a bass guitar form. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Now that I'm looking at all the Pokemon, there definitely are more that I like than dislike. Um, right. Maybe 50-50. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, yeah, these a lot of these grew on me. But overall, it, you know, I guess 50 good, 50 bad, you know, which is we'll take it for the rest of this game. Isn't that, like, even more damning of the generation that on, you know, on par, these the general Pokemon designs aren't bad in this generation? No, they're really not. Like I, I think there's some definitely some worse generations out there that have done a worse set of 100 new Pokemon. Agreed. But I really just, it's, it just shows that like even having cool Pokemon, even having some unique designs, can't save a terrible story with not for nothing but subpar graphics. Just kind of. Just an underwhelming overall experience. Very much so. And you're right. Yeah, this is uh, something they actually did. Okay, I take back what I said. I actually, they, I like. I, I'm. I'm. I'm actually on board with like 50% of these Pokemon. Maybe 60%, which is pretty good. And uh, yeah, it didn't even come close to saving this monstrosity. Any any final parting words? Because I think we should we should wrap up Sword and Shield here. Yeah, yeah. No, I on. got nothing. Sorry, sorry to everyone for such a a, a, a downer a, of an episode. Wow. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we got to get real with you guys, though. You know, we don't want to sit here and, you know, we're we're, we're kind of breaking our own rule of games of our lives. This game came out very recently, but I think it's worth talking about just because it really is so. Uh, impactful on on how we feel right now you know and I've I feel very passionately about Pokemon and I've had this discussion with Bill like we said for three hours and this is all stuff that was like a no-brainer just comes right up in talking about it and and we just really need to share it because it's important for one of you know both of our favorite games of all time and the biggest franchise ever we know how many fans it has so Sometimes it, you got to talk about the bad. It can't be good all the time, and I definitely took, am pretty good at talking about the bad, right? So why not make a whole episode about it? And we've been kind of light on the wags of the finger the last uh, few episodes, so we figured let's make one episode just completely dedicated to the wag of the finger. Tip of the hat to us for uh, rocking through that, though. Yeah, that was that was great. That was uh, we did really good. Let's let's move to the lighter side of things. We we've been we've been dogging and dogging 
and Doggin. I guess, or should we say Growlithin and Growlithin and Growlithin. I got a tip of the hat. You do? I do. I have a tip of the hat. Wow, let me hear it. All right. Uh, tip of the hat to those uh, voila frozen meals in a bag that you can get at a grocery store. <laughs> uh, listen, it's like two servings of like pasta with vegetables. You add some extra frozen vegetables to them. You know, season them up with a little S&P, a little garlic, a little bit of onions. Bada bing, bada boom. You got yourself a whole meal in a pan, and it is... They're pretty dang near delectable, actually. <laughs> it ain't a gaming tip of the hat, but it's a tip of the hat nonetheless. <laughs> Everyone that's listening, welcome to our game podcast where the only saving grace talking about the games is talking about food. <laughs> Hey, food makes people happy, and damn it, that garlic chicken hit different last night. Okay, you well, you're you. I'm not gonna say you're wrong for shedding some light on uh bringing something nice into it because into this episode because we definitely needed it, and I think food is delicious. As a vegetarian, that uh that chicken makes me pretty upset. So um yeah, I'm gonna wag my finger they, to you for they you know, they that. have vegetarian options as well. So I. I'm just kidding. I mean, I am vegetarian, but I, I am kidding about dogging you for that. But thanks, voila. Maybe maybe a couple of your uh, guys could go over to Game Freak and, and could, you know, <laughs> show them a thing or two on how to make a good product, right? It, it might be that easy. It might just be that easy. Tony, how about you? You got a tip of the hat? Nah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> this whole episode. <laughs> nothing. <Just> nothing. <laughs> the, the people don't deserve it. You got, an, you got any wags of the finger outside of what we've been... Nah, my, my hand is on fire from the wagging, my friend. All right, all right. Well, then, Tony, what, what video games have you been playing this week? A lot of Pokemon this week, actually. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Could you imagine the whole what have you been playing this week segment? It's just us talking about Pokemon games we've been playing. <laughs> you know, I actually have been playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh this week. I, I've been getting, uh, I've been wanting the idea. I played Yu-Gi-Oh competitively from like 2007 to 2013, I want to say, and mm-hmm. um, I've just been enjoying other formats that aren't goat format because that's you know one of the biggest retro formats to play from 2005, and I'm just so sick of it to be honest. And I've been playing. Uh, format that I like called Edison format that was like my favorite format before I knew it was a popular format and then I looked it up and I was like oh my god people play this they know about it they're making it a thing and I've been playing that and buying cards and putting decks together and just enjoying it so much and, and I've been thinking about playing like modern current Yu-Gi-Oh and uh yeah, I told two people that, and one of them said, delete my number, and the other one said, uh, well, you must really hate yourself to want to do that, because the game state is so bad, and I think we all know that, but maybe it's not, maybe I want to figure it out for myself and, and, and make that decision for myself, so uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to this week. Nice. Myself, games that I've been playing, I really have kind of only been playing one game, I really wanted to beat Final Fantasy X, and I am about 90% of the way through the story now, and I have a couple of thoughts on Final Fantasy X. I will say, after putting about 55 hours into the game, Blitzball is a terrible experience, and anybody who says otherwise doesn't know good game design, and (laughs) this is one of the most linear Final Fantasy experiences I will say the saving grace is the combat system for Final Fantasy X may be my favorite Final Fantasy combat system that I've ever experienced, and I wow. think it's really, really well done. Uh, I think the the sphere grid, which is the way that you kind of level up your characters, is a really, really unique and fun approach to uh, leveling up as you know, as opposed to just traditional experience points levels and like upgrades at levels. I, I think they did a really kind of fun, unique job there, and I'm interested to see how the story ends. So, it's been on, you know, it's been a net positive experience. I just just miss me with that Blitzball, which is one of the mini game formats uh, in the game. 
just big ol' yikes on that. <laughs> but really haven't been playing many other video games. No no indie games? No, like Schuster's Palace or Wonton Chaser or anything that you throw, throw curveballs at? You know what? Normally, normally I would. Normally I'd throw a curveball or two. But this week, uh, just because Final Fantasy X is just such a long game, really just been kind of grinding there and haven't streamed since I played Banjo last week. Uh, I will be playing a little bit of Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe this weekend on my stream just to practice for the upcoming tournament. Sponsored by Stream for a Cause over at twitch.tv slash buildafajita. You can sign up from my Twitter page at buildafajita. It is a free-to-enter tournament will be a double elimination format and uh should be lots of fun and i'm in it so whoever wants so, to come in second you all can decide that amongst yourselves but wikipedia will get the 500 reward from me <laughs> all righty then we're gonna move on to the fan of the week no that's right hey two weeks in a row uh sticking with a blank of the week thing not bad you know tip of the hat to us that's pretty good for us. Uh, fan of the week is actually somebody that you know. Ooh. One of our dear friends. He was actually talking to me about the podcast this week and uh, gave some pretty good feedback and genuinely enjoys the show. And th- we're going to talk about our friend Fargles. Yo. Uh, Tony knows who Fargles is. Really good friend of the show. Just really nice guy. And uh, thank you for, for listening and supporting, man. Really appreciate that. And as your dad, I can say this... I love you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was beautiful. What a a good person, and it's uh not just because they they listened and, and gave you good feedback, but that is someone that I I look to in like the highest regard of just being a, a good person. And uh, we reconnected recently, and uh, yeah, just talking back and forth on Discord, catching up about life and stuff, and the good and the bad, and it's been very nice. And it's nice to just have you know friends in your life that you can go years without talking to and then just pick up you know catch up and be like yeah you know i miss you i hope you're doing well you know think highly of you and uh it's just reciprocated and uh it's just they're good people out there you know and uh, absolutely nothing but respect yeah so yeah that's awesome to hear thanks for listening bro well thank you guys all for listening to this episode i know it was a brutal one But we really appreciate you sticking around. Folks, if you like what you listen to, and if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star review. It really helps visibility for the show. You can like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, We upload all of our episodes there as well. If you want to follow Tony on socials, you can find him at The Poker Rapper on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitch. You can find me, Bill, at Bill the Fajita on TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. Any last words, Tony, for the people? Man, I hate ending the show, but I love taking the piss after the show. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week.